Great podcast today. We have Peter Swizer on with Red Handed. You're not going to believe the corruption. We talk about what you need to do for your dollar uh, and for your savings, because as you will outline today, it's pretty clear hard times are coming our way. But remember, hard times made us. Some stunning developments in the Joe Rogan uh, situation and maybe the most stunning development uh, with CNN today. <laughs> Wow. I'm sorry, did that sound evil? <laughs> that did. <laughs> All on today's podcast. Don't miss it. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. You're going to have Peter Schweizer on uh, Yeah, your big show. chalkboard tonight to show you the corruption in Washington, how deep it goes all to China. I'll be talking to him as well on Studios America. Lots of Peter Schweizer today, but he's got a really in-depth book and you need to know this stuff. Uh, Red Handed is the name of it. Yeah, Red Handed. Uh, also, Glenn Beck has a book out you might want to hear about, uh, The Great Reset. You can now, at least there's a couple of websites accepting orders now. You want to get involved in this batch of orders because once this printing sells out you're gonna have to wait another month or two who knows so if you go to glenbeck.com there's uh, links to all the places you can go buy the book right now uh, check it out there or get it on kindle audiobook coming soon ish yeah, uh, we'll give you the details of that yep. and the book it should be if you get into this printing book should ship to your house within a couple of weeks to this idea you're still back on last hour yeah last hour this hour to cover i know well I'm, there's more to this i think <laughs> okay. the last hour we talked about you know potential economic collapse and, and everything and one of the reasons why because you know look you're well known for predicting economic collapse at all times uh, uh, uh but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just, that's just your persona yeah <laughs> you know right. but this is a different thing you're making an obviously a very specific case here and one of the reasons why I think this one connects to me and it feels at least more imminent is because it doesn't feel like we really paid the price for what happened through the COVID era, right? Now, if you're a, you know, a local business person, you own a bar, went out of business, you certainly feel like you paid the price. A lot of people individually paid the price, but I'm talking about like the nationwide economy. We Well, let's put it, let's, let me just shore up what you're saying here sure we thought 11 trillion dollars was really bad debt we mm-hmm. we thought 21 trillion dollars is a really bad debt today or yesterday we crossed the 30 trillion dollar threshold as our national debt that's bad and you know never thought it would accelerate the way it has you know so you thought well, this economy, I mean, we can't keep spending this way, but now we're not spending that way. We're spending crazy amounts of money. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. So we've been doing this show for you know 20 years now. Yeah. And throughout that time, we both had, I think, a thesis, generally speaking, of what a, a large government and a large amount of debt meant, mm-hmm. which was over time, we are going to hit a point that we cross that we can't pay it off we can't turn it around and it feels like we kind of have already crossed the line of we're never going to be able to pay it off but we hadn't hit that point where it was so catastrophic that we couldn't still mull our way through things and still grow and with innovation and you know there was still some theoretical hope out there and i don't know in my mind and you may have had a different timeline on this but before covid I had this picture of like, at some point in my lifetime, we're going to hit this 
trouble level. spot. Yeah. And my kids are really going to have, we've always said, like, your kids are going to have to pay for this. Your grandkids, at some point, coming soon to a theater near you, we're going to hit a point of debt that is insurmountable and causes real-world cataclysmic problems. And despite what we've done for the rest of the world, they will not forgive our debt. No. No. And so that was coming in, I don't know, 10, 20, 30, 40, before 2050, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Some point in the medium term future. This is not a thousand year problem, but it's not tomorrow either. That's how I've been living. However, with that thought was an expectation of normalcy, right? Where we are increasing the debt here and there. We add a program here and there. Uh, you know, we have a, a crisis here or there that increases the debt, but it's not COVID. COVID is, it hits us and has its real world uh, impacts on people and such, but then also has us spending nine, ten trillion dollars. The Fed dumping seven, eight trillion dollars into the economy that's all what at once tell- in that's- a year or two. That's what they're telling you. That's just what they're telling us. Yes, it is $1.6 trillion currently. $1.6 trillion every single week. Every week that they are now pumping into the financial markets on a payback of 30 days, or sorry, 90 days, if they pay it back. Where is that money going? $1.6 trillion every week. And that's on top of the giant bills that we discuss. Correct. Routinely. It's on on top of just what the Fed is doing on a a day-to-day basis. It's on top of Of all the stuff that happened before Biden even became president. Correct. On top of what we now know because of a Freedom of Information Act, what they did 12 years ago when the Fed said yeah. we gave the banks $5 trillion to bail them out. No, they didn't. And the money went around the world as well. They gave $30 trillion. 30. $30 trillion. So that, remember, that's our entire national debt. Well, the Fed also, in by 2010 had already added to their balance sheet, they keep saying it's seven. No, they gave, because of a Freedom of Information Act that we had to wait 12 years for, or 10 years for, they actually gave the world $30 trillion. So, we know that it was worse before COVID than we knew. Yes. We know that COVID is worse than they're telling us. And we also know that while there was particularly short-term economic shock at the very beginning of this, um, we did have that. But generally speaking, we're back to normal unemployment levels in theory. We're back to <laughs> a good stock market number. We're back to... All of this is theory. And, but, if you believe their numbers yeah. and you look at the stock market and you don't think, hmm... Uh, how many trillions are going to, you know, J.P. Morgan? Right. How much? How much? How many trillions are being dumped into the stock market? Is that number even real? Right. But I, I, I'm you're picking apart yeah, the way okay. I'm setting this up. But right, what I'm, I'm sorry, trying, I'm sorry. No, no. I, I think you're making good points here, and I, they are important. But my point is, it hasn't felt like the catastrophe have you would have expected yes. if I told you in January 2020. We are going to completely turn the economy off for a year 
uh, or at least most of it for a good chunk of a year, and then trickle back into life where people are being paid by the government to not work, right? Not just normal unemployment, but incentivizing them to stay home to the point where people are offering thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of bonuses to fast food workers to come Mm -hmm. back, please come back. All of the craziness that we're seeing there. We have not felt the pain of the the scale of what COVID was to this country. That's by design. You can't feel it. Right. They know they can't, we can't feel it. That's why I've been saying since 2019, there's something wrong in the financial sector mm-hmm. that started, you know, started with $150 billion a week loans to these banks. And it went up to a tri- April 2020. They were giving loans for 90 days to these financial institutions of $1 trillion a week. It's been 96 weeks since then. So that's $96 trillion that has been pumped into these banks for some reason or another. And now we find out that it's actually not $1 trillion. It's $1.6 trillion. Hmm. So the way you as a household have these moments, right? Let's say you're short of money. It comes to December. You take your credit cards out. You buy Christmas presents, right? Mm -hmm. You can do that for a while while and, and, and maintain the lack of pain through Christmas because you have credit cards. Right. Got to pay it back eventually. We all know that. What, what we've seen here is my, I think, the general conservatives idea of massive spending out of control over the next several decades that gets us in trouble, but all jammed into a two-year period. Correct. So, you know, it seems to me, and I keep coming back to this way of thinking, is if we somehow are able to navigate this without any pain... And I don't want to say any pain, but without the amount of pain you'd expect. Without the Weimar Republic. Without something crazy and real dis- economic destruction. Either our analysis of debt as a whole was wrong oh, yeah. or did not take into account enough variables. Either uh, von Mises. Right. Maybe these the guys are all wrong. The road to serfdom is all wrong. Maybe MMT is completely right. Uh-huh. uh-huh. We've never seen it happen it's before. It's never happened. Never worked before. Okay. So let me just break this down on bare minimum. And this isn't coming from me. This is coming from Larry uh, Summers. You you know who he is. Oh, yeah. And he's a a very smart economist. He's, you know, left more on the left, but a a very, very smart person on the left. I don't think he is the one that is going to slow down spending. You know, I don't hire him as a hawk. Right. But he also is reasonable. And he is the one that went to the Biden administration as a left wing advisor, was a Mm -hmm. big Obama uh, advisor and cabinet member and went to Biden and said, guys, stop this. You're going to have out of control inflation. Okay, so Larry Summers sat down with a congressman that I talked to and it was a, you know, open conversation. So I'm not revealing any secrets. But he sat down with this uh, congressman and they had a conversation and he said to Larry, so tell me the truth, what's coming? And he said, bare minimum, baked in, no way out, bare minimum is 10% inflation for the next 10 years. That means if you have a dollar today in 10 years, that just from inflation, whatever you have in your bank account, will be worth 34 cents. Every dollar, 34 cents. 
So they're going to be taking 76 cents out of every dollar. 66. Or 66 cents out of every single dollar. That will impoverish this nation. And that is the guaranteed best scenario from Larry Summers. Okay, that's pretty bad. Now, how about if it's worse? This is why, remember, they don't have, you know how it feels like they can't be this wrong. Everything they do does not help us, right? It's not, they're never wrong in the other direction. We never have a good surprise from the people in Washington, do we? It always seems to be like, wait, what are you doing? And so many people have been led to think, Maybe they're against what we're for. No, they just see the path out of this radically differently. And they will not tell you because they think you're stupid and you will slow them down. They don't want democracy. They don't want a republic. They have their plan and they're moving forward with it. They know that if we made it 10 years and people have 34 cents for every dollar, that kind of inflation, nobody is going to be, they're going to all be voted out quickly. Okay. That's the best case scenario that they're all voted out. These people do not intend to keep capitalism. They are working on something called the great reset. Joe Biden talks about it. This is out in the open and we refuse to listen to it. They're not trying to fix us. They're trying to transform us. And the only way you can do that is if people are in so much pain, they'll take anyone that will bail them out. So they have to collapse the dollar to make this work. I really, truly believe the acceleration is because we're waking up. You got to collapse the dollar. Remember, read Janet Yellen. Read what the Treasury has on their own website about moving from a, a paper dollar to a digital dollar. Why do you think all of a sudden they're coming after Bitcoin? Why is the IMF coming after Bitcoin? Do you really believe it's because people use it for bad things? How many of our dollars have traces of cocaine on it? <laughs> it it, 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 it makes ridiculous. zero sense. Cash unless, is much worse. Right. Unless you are actually trying to collapse it so you can start something new. Remember, they always have a solution to the problems they're creating. This is the Great Reset is their solution. And once you start seeing that you will then start to say okay all right i'm going to be part of a force that fixes that i'm going to fix that at least in my own household so my back isn't up against the wall do not take a dime from the government don't take a dime from them okay so let's talk about what is happening with freedom of speech because remember the thing that they have to have for the great reset to work is they have to have cash running through the financial system. 
It has to be run through the financial system to the government so they can direct where the dollars go. Uh, that's one reason why you should be in a savings and loan. Um, the, the other thing is they have to be able to silence the voices that are telling you things. I believe, I truly believe that in a financial collapse, it's going to be very difficult to find me. It is not happenstance, and it is not because of any other view that I hold that you can uh, searches. You can barely find me now on YouTube. You can't find the stuff. I have over 100 videos on The Great Reset. They will never come up in your playlist. Never. You have to search for them. That's why yesterday we put on YouTube, on under playlists, uh, everything you need to know about um, The Great Reset. Uh, you're going to have to search this stuff out. It is shocking, shocking the way this is being uh, held back from people and stifled. So I don't think those people are going to have a, uh, a voice to be able to warn you or tell you what's going on when it begins. So that brings me to Spotify, the White House, Whoopi Goldberg, Joe Rogan. Who's actually behind this stuff? What's actually happening with Joe Rogan? You can say, well, these doctors, you know, they sent. Did they? Did they? Are they doctors? Really? This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. This is the Glenn Beck program. So let me give you a couple of stories here and tell you what's really going on. Uh, if you look, and luckily we are in a place and a time now where people know it and they're sick of it. They're just sick of it. They're sick of being called racist and everything else. Those things are not working anymore. Joe Rogan is now a conspiracy theorist. That's going to be broken soon, and I think he's going to beat this. Now, there was a, a journalist that wanted to prove what we all knew. This isn't real. This is AstroTurf. Yeah, it's Jordan Schachtel. He's, uh, he's got a, a sub stack yeah. you can check out and subscribe to. Uh, and he looked into the background of all of this. Okay, so what he found, remember, this was a group of medical professionals. This was a group of doctors that have just had it. Okay, no, they're academics and left-wing activists that pose as medical professionals, okay? They're the ones that got together. Now, who are they? Well, the vast majority of doctors are not medical doctors. They're PhDs. Like Dr. Jill Biden, for example. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. So... They're purveyors of misinformation themselves. So if you look at uh, the uh, people that were associated with this and who really are running this group, they're coming from two places, the Rockefeller Foundation um, and which, by the way, uh, this person was with the COVID-19 uh, tracking project from the Atlantic, 
which was funded by Mark Zuckerberg and the Rockefeller Foundation and other left-wing institutions. It was largely a data-gathering operation. I don't know if there's necessarily all that much nefarious there, but there was... Uh, you the know, usual suspects. Yeah, sure. The okay. same group, same circles. All right. So the other person, uh, Dr. Cat, which is a PhD, she's... And I, by the way, are you going to a Dr. Cat? K-A-T? Because I'm not going to a Dr. Cat. <laughs> Why? You don't think of someone with a, a cat as a as a shortening of her first name? No, it's not. It could be short for Kathy. Uh, well, you just it, her you, name you is just, Katrine Wallace. Katr- okay, so for Katrine, you'd go yeah. to a Katrine. You just no, because it sounds too much like Latrine. <laughs> but cat you also just like sounds cats. like you're an idiot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Anyway, that's um that's a major set. That's going to make some news. You're going to okay. get protested for that. So. Um, Kind of a violation of all journalistic standards and referring to her as Dr. Catherine Wallace, um, because, uh, you know, I mean, that's like that's like, you know, looking at a TikTok video and saying it's the Bible. No, it's really not. She holds a Ph.D. Uh, She's an adjunct assistant professor in Illinois. She has no background in vaccines or relevant fields related to covid-19. Uh, she also um, has done a lot of work, which is interesting, um, uh, with, a, with another group. And uh, there's one other person, uh, the fellow campaigner, Abby Richards. Uh, she's a misinformation researcher, and she helped organize things. Well, she's actually, uh, when it says a misinformation researcher... She's a consultant with Media Matters. And, uh, and so they're doing research on people like me and making sure that they, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm full of misinformation. Highly credible. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. She's the one that Media Matters uh, launched the campaign with to cancel Tucker Carlson because he's a white supremacist. So, you know, you have, you have that. And she does have her master's. I mean, you know. She's not a medical doctor, but she has her master's degree in climate studies. So she's doing she's doing well. So this is not a surprise because they are, as we told you, what, two months ago, they are coming after podcasts. That is their angle. They've got to shut down podcasts. Yeah, it's their new thing. Mm -hmm. They've gone after Tucker Carlson a lot lately and. They, they this is these organizations exist just to silence voices as we know we've been through this a million times we played for you the ads that they started launching on on the web where they're like well uh, did you know that podcasts are blah 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 and you they saying all these bad things about covid-19 that you're not supposed to hear and and they've been, this they've launched a campaign and so much of this stuff comes from these organizations you know, it's not the other way around. It's not people are upset about podcasts and therefore these organizations start efforts. It's these organizations start efforts and they launch multi-million dollar campaigns and go to all their friends who are journalists and say, hey, we're about to launch a $10 million campaign against podcasts. You should write about it because then it will look like your story. And so they write about it and they act as if it started in the world of journalism when it doesn't. It doesn't. 99% of this stuff is not like the movies. It's not like, uh, you know, uh, Watergate. It's, it's these people who are, uh, who are w- with specific agendas and specifically t- 
tied to these events that go to their friend reporters and tip them off so that they can get the credit for these stories later on. And it looks like they've uncovered this big truth when in reality it's been leaked to them by their friends as supported by multi-million dollar donors. This is how this works all the time, all the time. This is almost all the, the news you reason, hear works that way. And the reason you know this to be true is uh, how come nobody is up in arms about gas prices? You remember when George Bush, I mean, gas wasn't even like this, and it certainly wasn't going up uh, at this rapid pace. And yet nobody's talking about it. No one is talking about gas prices. Mm. And what is the president doing? If it was doing this under Donald Trump, you bet they would have. The border. But I mean, they, yeah, the, the border, border is, is as bad. It's much worse than it was when it was making news 10 months ago. Much yeah, worse. It's much. It's much. It's more. It's worse than anything we've seen before. Yep. And they're doing nothing about it. Why? Because it doesn't fit the agenda of the journalist and all of the journalist friends who work at places like Media Matters. So that's really what's happening. Now, when it comes to Whoopi Goldberg... I can't tell you what's happening. The chief executive of the Anti-Defamation League um, was really upset at Whoopi Goldberg for saying the Holocaust was not about race. Okay, she's here's what she said. And absolutely, it was about race. Let's be truthful about what the Holocaust. Uh, it's not about race. Mm. She said it's not. A, it's OK. Go ahead. Play the clip. Yeah. The Holocaust isn't about race. Hmm. No. no, no, it's well, not about maybe race. It's, 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 no, it's about a different it, race, but it's it's not about race. It's not about well, race. What is it about? Because you, it's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but it's not, it's Jews, not about ideal race. It's it's but these are two Romans. white groups of people. Well, How do we have to blame them? Two white groups of people. You're missing the point. You're missing the point. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. Okay. No, Whoopi, it's it's. I mean, that could be part of the conversation, but this was about a, peop a group of people who thought they were superior to other people, and they divided them by race. Uh, I mean, you know, one drop of Jewish blood is too Jewish. I mean, did you forget about this and the final solution that they're vermin because they're Jews? I mean, I think that pretty much sounds like race, but... I don't understand how the master race. I mean, they legitimately know, in their terminology right. all over the place. Right. I, I try. I'm trying to understand how the Anti-Defamation League is upset about this, because doesn't that violate their uh, their own definition, their new definition of race? I mean, the yeah. ADL used to have one that said, look, it's when one group of people think they're superior over another and uh, think they're more intelligent than the other, yada, yada, yada. And yeah, they they take it out on different races. Their new definition makes Whoopi's analysis accurate. It does, because it's it can racism can only happen by white people to people of color, according to the ADL's own brand new definition. What Whoopi is saying is right with the new thinking about race. 
She's not some old-timey bigot. She's a new kind of bigot. Yeah, I mean, here it is. This is their new definition, as changed from the old-school Martin Luther King definition. definition. Racism, the marginalization and or oppression of people of color based on socially constructed racial hierarchy that privileges white people. So only white people can do it. Only white people can be racist, but they can't be racist against other white people. So, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, now maybe it's because she said it's, it's about man's inhumanity to man. And so she wasn't specifically saying it was white people's inhumanity. Right. But if, if her analysis is it's not racism because it is, does not target people of color. That is consistent with the ADL's own definition of racism. If she, if, if you go by what the ADL says is racist, then of course the Holocaust had no racist vibes to it at all. If he was not oppressing people of color. He was replacing another race. Now he, of course, said that. Well, know, he said, he said, he did this. also do it to people of color. I know. He so did we, it. that's a whole other part of yep. this. Uh, it's not, it's not their very existence founded. Is this is, from Mein Kampf, is not their very existence founded on one great lie, namely that they are a religious community, whereas in reality, they are a race. I mean, this is so I, I think anybody who knows this stuff knows this. It's but very, very obvious. But, this, but, this is a new I'll bet you this is a new point of view for Whoopi. I think Whoopi is into this new kind of thinking and the ADL might be parroting that thinking on their website. Maybe. But I, I highly doubt that what's his name, Goldblatt or whatever, who is com- in, com- I mean, I've seen it firsthand, completely inconsistent on everything, it seems. Uh, I doubt he's actually up on the new kind of racism that his organization is now Pushing. I don't know. He's heading the organization and they changed the definition. Isn't it more possible that Whoopi's just an idiot? I mean, I think. Oh, yeah, that, that, that goes without saying. Okay, of course. I always make sure I understand that. Because, I mean, she, to me, it's likely that she's applying her understanding of race, which is formed around whatever she just read on Twitter Correct. in 2022, which is basically like, oh, well, white people are mean to black people. George Floyd, uh, you know, well, that's uh, what she, woke, woke. This is what she, that's yeah. what, she, I mean, she, and she, so she sees, well, I, I, that person looks white, that person looks white. It can't be race. That's why she said um, it's not about race. Uh, uh, she said, these, these are two white groups of people. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. What alley? It was two white people. No, it's one that saw differences and claimed that these Jewish people, it is a race, which it is a race, um, that that's a race. And that race is subhuman. That's what it is. It didn't have to be white people. It could be black people. It could be anybody. And it was ugly. All Correct. The, the Aryans were the master race and everything else was inferior. <laughs> right. That mean, was the whole crazy. point. I Just mean, crazy. It, it was, now, it, obviously, he targeted Jews uh, beyond the level of anyone's comprehension. Correct. But he, it was not the only group he targeted. Correct. And now let me also, let me just end it with this. Anybody who is crying for her to be uh, taken off the air. Stop it. She has a right to say these things. She's stupid. We know it. Look at their ratings. They've got 
in the demo, they've got like 40 people that are watching that are under 88 years old. Um, you know, fire her because of the ratings, but you'd have to fire all of them because of that. But not what she says. I stand with Whoopi Goldberg being able to keep her job and not be fired because of an opinion. That's not what we support. And can we at least acknowledge the fact that I was watching these clips yesterday. That show has been on the air for 25 years. Yeah. This is a 25-year show that is nothing but a collection of the dumbest people you've ever met talking about things they've never thought of before. Yes. That is, I mean, think of just the magic that has to occur to put yep. these dumb people on the air to talk that stupidly about the news every day. Amazing. Well, and she's a despicable human being, and I know because I know her. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. So let's just let's just talk a little bit uh, about China and what's happening in China. China is not our friend. It hasn't been for a long time. Not sure it ever has been, but it's the new model for the whole world. And it's also the biggest market. And, you know, everybody has sold out to America. Well, now it's our turn. Everybody's selling out, including an Olympic athlete. When I read a headline of a story, I thought this San Francisco-born athlete was saying, I'm bucking the system. I'm not going with the team to the Olympics because she's not. She switched teams. She's an American who is going to now ski for the Chinese. What the hell has happened? Now, I can't talk about her, but I can talk to an expert who has spent, what, a year and a half looking into yeah, this? Yeah. year and a half of full-time research with several people to author the new book, Red Handed. It's Peter Swizer. He's president of Government Accountability Institute. His new book is Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China to Win. Peter. You have written a lot of books, um, and a lot of it has been about you've actually had laws changed uh, because of what you have uncovered in mm. in corruption in mm -hmm. Washington. You have told me this is the most frightening book that you have done research for. Yeah. Yeah, it is uh, because of the breadth and the depth of it. Uh, you know, I've looked at insider trading on the stock market. I've looked at the Clintons uh, and those are really troubling cases that to a certain extent you could argue were somewhat isolated. This is not isolated. When you're talking about China forging commercial ties with the American political class to co-opt them, you're talking about the president of the United States. You're also talking about leaders in the House and the Senate. When you go to Silicon Valley, it's all the big names in Silicon Valley. Uh, Elon Musk, the guys that found Google. You go to Wall Street, it's all the big Wall Street financial firms. I quote them in the book. I explain the deals in the book. So it's so comprehensive. It's, it's a, it, almost an entire class of people, uh, Glenn, that are currying favor with Beijing and I would argue doing their bidding in very important and significant ways. Tonight, Peter and I are going to the chalkboard and we're going to lay it all out for you, especially the Biden connection. Um, Joe Biden has literally sold. 
well, not his soul, but our souls. He has sold America for cash uh, to the Chinese. And it's clear. It's clearly illegal. And it's provable. Yes. But yeah. nobody's going to do anything about it. Yeah. I mean, that's the shocking thing, Glenn. You and I are. We were just talking earlier. We, we uh, grew up in the same uh, same area, around the same area. We both remember the Cold War, right? Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if the Carter family... No. Or the Reagan family had done deals with Russian businessmen who had links to the KGB. No, there'd be a, there'd be alarm bells going off. People alarm conf- bells. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Impeachment. Yes. Immediate exactly. impeachment. People would be calling and maybe for their jail. heads. Yes. People would be calling for their heads. Yeah. That's precisely what you have with the Bidens. And I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight uh, mapping this out. But. We found $31 million. This all comes from Chinese corporate records and documents and from Hong Kong and from legal documents in the United States. So it's not just a number uh, drawn up. $31 million that the Biden families received from businessmen. Every single one of those businessmen you can trace to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. So, you know, what was before? Is that like... You know, I got the money from Bob and Bob has a neighbor whose cousin (laughs) once was at a garage sale of a guy who's up in the Chinese intel. Yeah, no, it's 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 not that at all. Um, So I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, One of the deals Hunter got you and I've talked about it before was BHR, this private equity Mm -hmm. deal. Uh, Hunter Biden's taken there is $20 million. He got ownership of this financial management firm. He had no background in finance, didn't bring anything to the table. They gave him $20 million. This is something that no uh, Goldman Sachs didn't even have. No, that's exactly right. A a unique deal for little humble uh, Hunter Biden. So who made that happen? Or as my kids would say, who made it rain for Hunter in China? Uh, The two people that made that deal happen. One is a guy named Che Feng, kind of a mysterious businessman. Hunter in the emails calls him the super chairman. And at one point he says, I don't believe in the lottery anymore, but I believe in the super chairman. So he knew this was a big payoff. So as, as Che Feng, as Che Feng is arranging this deal for Hunter Biden, who is Che Feng's business partner? It's the vice minister of state security for China, a guy named Ma Jian. They're business partners. So it's not. Yeah, it's not just that Russian businessmen. Uh, you have Russian businesses. If it would go back to the yeah. Reagan thing yeah. uh, that the the co-chair or the partner right is the head of the kgb correct is correct. the head correct. of the kgb correct. it's direct it's not indirect and so this guy Majian, who's the vice minister of state security his job is foreign recruitment it's to recruit foreigners to spy for china this is the guy whose business partners with the man who sets up hunter biden in the private equity deal the other man that plays a central role in that deal and who separately transfers $5 million to another hunter business called Burnham, uh, is a guy named Mr. Zhao. So Mr. Zhao, again, makes it uh, makes it rain for Hunter. Uh, who is Zhao's business partner? His business partner is the family of the former minister of state security, the guy who runs the entire spy apparatus in China. So, you know, when I say the highest levels of Chinese intelligence, I'm not talking about some mid-level analyst. I'm talking about people at the very top. And the problem is, Glenn, every single deal that we know of that Hunter got in China 
has a link to individuals who are juiced in at the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. So this is not a story. What are you you thinking they're getting in return? Well, that's the question, right? What I know is Chinese intelligence does not run a philanthropy. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not businessmen. Um, They're not looking for um, to be a drug rehab program (laughs) for Hunter Biden. They don't don't feel sorry for him. Like, you know, he's really screwed up his life. Let's give him a shot. Right. Let's give him a 20 you know a 20 billion or million a million million dollar business here yeah it's not happening yeah no it's it's so it's clear what they want they want to compromise this political family as they do with with other families but the biden one is particularly troubling uh, because the concentration of all these intelligence sources and the fact that hunter does something really weird now, I know Hunter does a lot of weird things. Yeah. This is, this I've is, seen pictures from the laptop. <laughs> right. yep. this, this one, in the context of who he is doing business with in China, is really shocking. In the summer of 2014, Hunter Biden goes to the Secret Service, and the Secret Service has confirmed this to the U.S. Senate. He goes to the Secret Service and says, I don't want you guys traveling with me when I go overseas. Now, you know, the Secret Service is going to resist that and say we need to do this is about your protection but hunter biden insisted and they stopped traveling with him now that's unusual because you go overseas if someone kidnaps the vice president's son yeah we're going to have to rescue him exactly exactly and the biggest threats you're going to face are going to be overseas and not to mention honeypots and all the other you know so clearly hunter did not want to want the secret service or federal law enforcement to know what he was doing maybe that's tied to the drugs i think it's also tied to the fact that he knew he was doing deals with people that were juiced in in this way now the reason why this isn't going to happen is because everybody's doing it yeah a lot of people are yeah there's no there's no question about it um and it's a bipartisan problem right um there are republicans that 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 bring up the biden thing as they should to me that is the biggest issue because he's the commander-in-chief president of the united states but you've got people on the republican side of the aisle mitch mcconnell and his family what a surprise who who are uh let's just say leveraged uh, to beijing Uh, What does that mean? Well, so Mitch McConnell is married to Elaine Chao, the transportation Mm -hmm. secretary in the Trump administration. Her family has a shipping company called Foremost. When they got married back in the early 1990s, Mitch McConnell, as a U.S. senator, traveled with his father-in-law, James Chow, to Beijing to meet with top government officials. Now, this was right after Tiananmen Square. There was no political figures going to China at all. They sit down, and basically what comes out of that deal is an agreement that China is going to help the Chow family shipping business. And so it goes from being a small company with a couple of ships to today, it's a massively successful multi-billion dollar enterprise. And so what does China do for Mitch McConnell's family? They build all the ships, the massive super you know bulkers that travel, they build all the ships the financing of the construction of these ships you know one ship can be a hundred million dollars sure. it's financed by chinese state banks the crew which is communist party exactly Con- yeah. absolutely all state of this can, is yeah. coming there's is there any way to do business in china no. without communists no yeah. not at that level maybe if you buy a bag of potato chips from yeah, okay. Beijing, but yeah, yeah. Right. but you're right this is not bank of america this is bank of china which is the chinese government 
the crews that man the ships. I would ships. like to point out, I think Bank of America is directly connected <laughs> to the U.S. government at this point, but I digress. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, but you've got the ships being built, you've got them being financed by state-controlled banks, the crews are all uh, Chinese, provided by the Chinese government, and most of their contracts are shipping state-owned enterprise goods around Asia. So when I mean leverage, the Chinese government, if Mitch McConnell were to do something they did not like, could literally destroy the family business overnight. That's leverage, and that's what Beijing wants. They call the strategy elite capture. If we can capture foreign elites, uh, make them sort of bend to our will, um, then we are effectively decapitating uh, our enemy. Tonight, we're going to outline all of this from the White House to Wall Street uh, to the Capitol. We are going to put a chalkboard together and Peter is going to be there. He will show you the facts. So, you know, this is this is why we are this is why we're not serious about China. This I mean, when Donald Trump. You know, he's got a deal and maybe he's going to build a hotel and maybe he's going to build a hotel. Look at what McConnell is doing. There's no maybe it's happening. Look what this president is doing. There's no maybe the 30 million dollars has already arrived to their bank accounts. So there's no maybe possibly we don't know. Let's investigate All of the facts are very clear. The question is, have we already been sold out to China so far that nobody's going to do anything? That's my guess. So in the book, you talk that you say that there are 20 former U.S. senators or members of Congress that went to work. For the Chinese intelligence military? Yeah, they they lobby on behalf of Chinese intelligence or military-related companies. So these are the companies that uh, develop the software to spy on the Uyghurs. Uh, These are companies that are involved in developing military-related technologies. These are companies like Huawei, which, you know, both the Obama and Trump administrations said uh, is a proxy for the military and their technology is used uh, by the Chinese intelligence and military to spy on Americans. These are former senior Republicans and Democrats from the Senate and House who are getting paid large sums of money, in some cases a million dollars a year, to lobby on behalf of these reprehensible companies. And these companies, you followed the thing on the 5G Yes. Okay. 5G ready to roll out. We've done all kinds of testing. Uh, the companies had time to to talk to the FCC. Tell us what you need. The FCC listened to them, gave them, I think, double what they were asking for in bandwidth yeah. to protect our flights. And then suddenly, as it's getting ready to roll out, they say, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I talked to the FCC commissioner and I said, I think this is I think this is the Biden administration and others saying No, stall that because it only helps Huawei and hurts us. Right. If we can't roll it out across Europe, well, they're going to go with China. Right. And all of our information, everything, it's all about data collection with China. Yes. Correct. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Um, You know, the future in technology is artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. And what experts will tell you is what matters in artificial intelligence is Data. data. And China is the OPEC of data. 
Part of it is because they have so many people. Part of it is they have this intrusive state so they can collect data on whatever they want. Part of it is they collect data on Americans through TikTok and through these other, uh, you know. Could you please explain this? Because I'm going to play this to my kids because my kids roll their eyes when I'm like, it's Chinese. Right. Don't do TikTok. Don't look at it. Don't open the app get rid of tiktok and they think i'm crazy yeah no i mean tiktok is a chinese uh, uh, owned controlled company and a tiktok censors i mean there are people that have put up sort of anti-ccp uh, uh statements about human rights abuses tiktok takes them down they shut them down uh, and they allow other political content so you know the, the thing people have to understand is that if you are a major player in china meaning a major company you are fused to the state completely and entirely because that is the way xi has changed this country uh, it used to be that way but it was softer over the last 10 years with xi he is moving in a direction where they are fused together and what he has said glenn repeatedly i mean it's not you don't have to try to figure it out by divining the tea leaves what he said repeatedly and bluntly is that the technological race with the united states is a war and china intends to win the war and they are right now. they I are think. and the to achieve the commanding heights in his words in this war he wants to win the battle of artificial intelligence so what's so what's happening glenn what's happening oh, is google and microsoft i talk about this detail in the book uh, are financially supporting and providing technical support to research labs in china that are known to be entirely fused with the chinese military so you have two of America's most powerful technological companies aiding and abetting Beijing in their competition with us. Microsoft, Microsoft, maybe you think, need to think about this here, Glenn. Microsoft accepts interns from the People's Liberation Army. I mean, it's insane. You know, the notion that they would wander around, it's, it's just unbelievable. And this is the mindset of Silicon Valley. They don't care. They don't feel that they are, you know, particularly American. For them, it's all about the technology. And we are allowing them to do this. We are allowing them to undermine us. Na, 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 na.